Well, good morning. It's uh, my privilege this morning to continue with you in your study of the book of Proverbs and we're looking at the theme today of the power of the tongue. And I think we do have a slide that tells us that. That's all right. Uh, The researchers tell us uh, that we spend about 20% of our entire lives talking. Maybe more for others. <laughs> That's on top of a third of our time spent sleeping. So from a Christian perspective, it's reasonable to ask the question, what does the Bible teach about how we should talk? What does it say about the tone of our conversation, the words we should use and so on? Surprisingly, for something that takes so much of our time, the Bible doesn't offer that much direct teaching about speech and conversation. But what it does, it shares very directly and compelling. The book of the Bible that contributes more than any other to the topic of words and speech is the book of Proverbs. In fact, the subject of the tongue and how we use our words is perhaps the preeminent theme of this book. Over 150 times in this book alone, either speech or the tongue is used. Proverbs refers to our lips, our mouth and our tongue. I think if all of us remember reading that, uh, the reading that we just had from the book of James where it says, though the tongue is small... It is set on fire by hell. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. We bless the Lord and curse our friends. Words are important. After all, God created the universe with words. He spoke and it was so. Our Lord Jesus was called the Word. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. One of the central themes of the book of Proverbs is how we use our tongue. Proverbs 11 Whoever belittles his neighbour lacks sense, but a man of understanding remains silent. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. Now that's not covering crime or corruption, but it's covering false accusation and gossip. Proverbs 12, there is one uh, who, uh, there is those, uh, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is for but a moment. Again, in Proverbs 15, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. A gentle tongue is a tree of life but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Proverbs 16, the heart of the wise makes his speech judicious and adds persuasiveness to his lips. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health 
to the body. And finally, for this small selection of verses, in Proverbs 17, whoever restrains his words has knowledge and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. In Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Some years ago we visited Washington in the US and stood on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial where Dr Martin Luther King gave his famous I Have a Dream speech in August 1963. It was a moving experience to think that here was the setting where one of the most powerful speeches in modern history was delivered. On the walls of this memorial are inscribed the words of Abraham Lincoln's 1863 Gettysburg Address, probably the most famous words ever spoken by an American president. Four score and seven years ago our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the principle that all men are created equal. Now some still haven't got that truth in America today. But we don't have to look at the great world leaders to know about the power of words. We only have to look in our own homes to look in our offices or our workplace, our neighbourhoods, our families. We can all say words that either encourage and affirm or congratulate others or words that hurt, words that criticise, words that condemn. Sometimes we give words their power in that we let them get to us. This is particularly true with criticism. Someone has said that no one can make you feel bad without your permission. Over the years in ministry I've had the occasional criticism (laughs) and in the early days it used to really get to me. However, I got to a stage where I I was able to ask am I going to give these words of unfair criticism more power than the word of God which originally called me into ministry. Yes, words have power and our selection of words will cause people either to aspire or expire and give up in discouragement. Whether we know it or not, there is the power of life and there is the power of death within what you and I say and the way that we say it. Words cause death, as the passage in Proverbs says. People die because of something said. We look on the world scale, we say tongues can be weapons of mass destruction. Tongues can be the launching of holocausts and wars. Tongues can also be the death of marriages and families and friendships and churches and careers and hopes and understanding reputations and missionary efforts and governments. 
You look at the impact of words when they come out of North Korea or, or China or Russia and how the world trembles when words that are taken offence to by those countries are, 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 are uh, distributed around the world through media today. Over the years I've seen the effect that words have on individuals. I've talked to individuals who can remember way back when certain negative things have been said about them. And sitting here this morning there may be some of you that, that think back and the words that have been said still hurt today and have affected the decisions that you've made in your life. Things like you'll never amount to anything or you'll always be hopeless just like your father. People remember these sort of put-downs spoken by parents or teachers or sporting coaches and so on and the effects are devastating. But there are also words of life People also live because of something said. Proverbs 15.4 says the tongue can be a tree of life. Tongues reconcile peoples and make peace. As Jesus says in Matthew 5.9, blessed are the peacemakers. Tongues can make marriages blossom and families strong and churches healthy. Tongues can give hope to the despairing and advance understanding and spread the gospel. So the challenge is what will come out of our mouths today? Will it be death through criticism and negativity or will it be life through the positive affirming of the good that we see? and of what God would be doing in the lives of others. Of course, it comes down to discipline and choice. It's easy for us to fly off the handle and say the first thing that comes into our head, but the potential damage of such action can be permanent and very hurtful. Jesus calls us to a higher standard. In the 12th chapter of Matthew's Gospel in verses 34 and 36 to 37, Jesus said, You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. Now I can't get my head around the thought of every person being asked to explain every useless and thoughtless word that that I've ever said and that uh, the other seven billion people in the world have have ever said. I I can't understand how that's going to happen. But I can grasp the, the point of the passage, the fact that words have eternal implications. So the call as followers of Jesus is to be responsible in what we say and how we say it. Some of the most thoughtless things you and I say are when we go off half-cocked making judgments and accusations before we get the truth, before we assess a situation, before we know all things about the situation. For example, the young young sales assistant Uh, was overheard by the boss saying to a customer, no, we haven't 
had any for a while and it doesn't look like we'll be getting any soon. In sense, the manager awkwardly interrupted in an effort to save the situation and he said to the customer, of course we'll have some soon. We placed it on order last week. The customer left with a rather quizzical look on her face while the manager turned to the assistant and said rather tersely, don't you ever say we're out of anything. Say we've got it on order and it's coming soon. Now what did she want? After a short pause the assistant replied, rain. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get the facts. Let's be alert. Let's choose our words carefully because ultimately we are responsible. Another powerful reference from Proverbs chapter 10 is verse 11. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. Our words are to be a fountain of life to those with whom we have contact. We are to be those who build up, encourage, support and affirm. And this is just not theory, this is practice. You know, husbands and wives affirm each other. Parents affirm your children. Co-workers affirm, affirm, affirm. Because that will bring a reward that, that is beyond your imagination. Of course, we're all going to lose it at some time, but it's if that's our only response in situations of conflict, we're going to cause untold damage to relationships. And again, Jesus calls us to a higher standard. You know, ultimately... Our words really do reflect who we are. In other words, Jesus is saying if we are constantly critical, if we're constantly negative, if we're constantly putting others down, it is a heart condition. And that heart condition needs to be dealt with before God through confession and repentance and through the transformation of heart and mind that he alone, by the power of his spirit, can bring. In James 3 and verse 11 it says, Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. In other words, our words and speech arise from our inner beliefs, our convictions, our drives, our urges. We can't easily fool people in this area because eventually who we are comes through in what we say and the way that we say it. Now that's pretty confronting, isn't it? Jesus is clearly making the point our words are a direct indication of who we are. Now someone has said, watch your thoughts they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, uh, watch your character because it becomes your destiny. Our words do reflect who we are. Not that any of us don't get it very wrong at times, but to maintain consistency in this area of speech and conversation, we need a change on the inside. We need transformation. 
In a word, we need Jesus. With his example to follow and the power of the Holy Spirit leading and strengthening and guiding us, we can arrest the critical, selfish, negative words of death and more increasingly to a place and go more increasingly to a place where for the most part our speech is calm and gracious and encouraging and uplifting and life giving. As Jesus said, it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. A critical heart produces a critical tongue. Did I change that? Yes. A critical heart produces a critical tongue. A self-righteous heart produces a judgmental tongue. A bitter heart produces a sharp tongue. An ungrateful heart produces a grumbling tongue. But a loving heart produces a gracious tongue. A faithful heart produces a truthful tongue. A peaceful heart produces a reconciling tongue. And a trusting heart produces an encouraging tongue. So fill your heart with grace by soaking in the words of Scripture by soaking in Jesus' teaching in the Gospels as he introduces the kingdom of light. The book of Acts as the early believers established communities of faith. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 13 or Philippians 2. Soak the word of God so that it's in your heart and mind and then when we speak, we will speak words of life. We will be responding to people rather than reacting and be very careful of taking the words of death in the newspaper or in the radio or the TV or on social media or on blog that are words of death. <coughs> words of death where people are telling lies, where people are defending decisions that are wrong. They're defending lifestyles that are wrong. Don't be convinced. Don't let those words of darkness convince you that what's going on in our schools is right today. We must read the word of God and, and absorb that so that we will know how to act, so that we will know how to guide and direct our children and our grandchildren. And pray, as the psalmist said, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. I love the way the message version of the Bible renders Colossians 4.6. Make the most of every opportunity. Be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in conversation, not put them down or cut them out. As I get older, I'm more aware about the fragility of life, so I want to make every day count. And I guess for Nola and I, as we leave the house, we, we tend to express our love for each other in a deliberate way to ensure that if something were to happen and that was the last time we saw each other, the final words would be treasured forever. I've met too many people over the years who are haunted by their final memory of a loved one which involved a situation of conflict where heated words were exchanged. These people torture themselves mercilessly with thoughts of if only, if only I hadn't said that, if only I hadn't lost my temper, if only I'd taken a moment to pause and to think 
And I don't want, I know, I don't know about you, but I want to avoid that kind of scenario at all costs. We need to live at peace with all people. Our family learnt many lessons about the power of words when our mother had a stroke and lost her ability to speak. To communicate she would try to write things down. We played sort of charades with signs and gestures trying to understand and poor mum would get frustrated when we didn't get it. Uh, when Noel and I visited we almost needed Nancy to be an interpreter in, in what mum was trying to say and when we didn't get it she'd say no, 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 no and that's the only thing that she really could get out. Can you imagine being locked in a body, in a community without the ability to speak? There was a brokenness there and great difficulty. But think about it, how would we cope if suddenly we lost the power of speech? The thing that we take for granted. If it was just for a season, I'm sure once that ability returned, we would be much more careful in our selection of the words that we use. Let's not take it for granted or allow the world around us to determine our words. The world around us is full of words of death. The world lives in the power of the evil one who was a murderer from the beginning and who is the father of lies. We believe in Jesus, the word, the truth and the life, the one who alone has the words of eternal life. Wasn't that what the disciples said? Uh, you know, he alone, they followed him because he alone has the words of, of eternal life today. And I urge you as we apply some of these principles, today realise that repentance is not just a moment, it is a way of life. Keep short accounts. <coughs> Allow God's word to examine your heart and my heart and make the changes that are necessary and be determined about it and proactively affirm those around us. Be open to the changes God wants to make. Think before you speak to respond rather than to act, to tell the truth. Eliminate lying or gossip or filthy language as the epistles talk about. Today, brothers and sisters, make your mouth a fountain of life. Be slow to speak. Encourage rather than critique. Seek opportunities to speak kind, tender-hearted words. Say something affectionate to a loved one at an unexpected time. And you'll see that loved one blossom and grow and bear fruit in their own lives. Seek to only speak words that are good for building up, that give grace to those who hear. Paul writes in Ephesians 4 verses 29 to 32, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good is for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Our words can give grace to those who hear them. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamour and slander be put away from you along with the malice, all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. 
Now there's a lot of principles in the things that we've been sharing from these chapters in Proverbs this morning. Uh, I've uh, provided a sheet that will help you apply some of those truths and give you an, a, bit of, a bit of an evaluation of how you're doing with words. It's on the table at the back where the name tags are and if you're interested to study further, we can't cover all that the scriptures say about the power of words in, in a 25 or 30 minute sermon. But there's some extra scriptures and there's some suggestions about questions that you can ask as you search your own hearts so that you'll be determined that the words that come out of your mouth consistently will be those that will affirm, affirm, affirm. Let's bow together in prayer. Father, guide us this day and every day in our speech and conversation. May we always reflect your love, your grace, and your peace in these moments as we bow before you if you've touched our hearts in any way we recognise that Jesus is the only answer and if there are any of us here this morning that have not surrendered our lives to Jesus I pray that you would give them the courage to do that today to recognise that it's inner transformation that's necessary it's not New Year's resolutions it's not trying in our own strength It's being transformed from within by the power of Jesus and his Holy Spirit. Father, we confess to you our need in this area. We confess to you, Father, how we've failed in not treating others as we ought, of using words that have been unkind, words that have not been necessary. Help us to examine our hearts and to move forward with the confidence, knowing that our determination is to speak words of life to others. Father, use our speech in a way that will build others up. We go with the inspiring word and the empowering spirit to be your people in the areas of influence that you have called us to witness. So we commit each other to you. Surround us with your love and Empower us today in Jesus' precious and worthy name. Amen. Amen.